You are listening to Subtle Disruptors Melbourne. This is the first series of the podcast, Subtle Disruptors, telling the stories of those who are quietly having an amazing positive impact on their city and the world. Particularly people that are excluded from the traditional market. So young people, they haven't got enough experience yet. Older people, there's a lot of ageism in terms of really experienced people sitting at home. They can't get a job. Uh, Refugees, there are a lot of people that are excluded that could be offering their skills to the community and feeling good about themselves if we found a different way to connect them. Disconnection and exclusion seem to be two of the negative consequences of the way we've designed our current resource distribution system. Something important I've understood recently is that as humans we have the ability to change our systems and our culture. As we come across ways and things that are not working, we can improve them. The design is not mandated from above, it is something we have created. It is here to serve us and it has meaning because we give it meaning. This week's guest, in noticing the number of people with valuable skills are excluded from the job market, began to imagine a different way of connecting people with skills with those who needed those skills. I'm Adam Murray and thanks for joining me as I talk with Jody Hampson on the subtle disruption of the money economy. It's a beautiful day. We're lucky because in Melbourne, I know that's a bit rare, but what, 30 degrees? 30 degrees, yeah, yeah it is. And we're in the Botanical Gardens in the middle of the week. Yeah. So I thought, how special is it to have, you know, the freedom? I've just stepped out of a full-time job, so I really appreciate being able to, to be here today. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think you were talking about, like I was, I was explaining that I've run around this the gardens so many times like yeah. countless hundreds of times probably but haven't spent that much time actually, actually in, in here yeah <laughs> it's beautiful it is it gorgeous is there's yeah. lots to see my favorite's the cactus garden oh yeah we'll look at that later yeah yeah and is this somewhere that you come regularly or i do yeah just to um when i have the time i think it's a great place to ground yourself and yeah it's so close to the city it's very handy yeah and like i say um Coming from full-time work and being chained to a desk, yeah, yeah, I really crave being outside and connecting with nature. And this is so handy. It's such a treat. Yeah. Right near the city. Yeah. So run through it next time, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, for me, it's the office of the future. Yeah. I, interestingly, last week I had to have a difficult conversation with somebody that I manage. Yeah. And... It just so turned out that we had it in a park at the Flagstaff Gardens, and it just changed the whole whole nature of the conversation. It made a difficult conversation, still a little bit tough, but actually so much more, you know, grounded. Yeah. That we were sitting on the ground, but just it made it so much easier. Yeah, Yeah. because it makes everything else trivial, doesn't it? It's just sort of human drama. Yeah. It can be worked out. Yeah. I think having this around you makes you realize that or remember it yeah, yeah. i think you're right um so you'll be having all your difficult conversations here now people will know oh no we're going to the botanical <laughs> gardens <laughs> won't be a treat for them anymore <laughs> that's right <laughs> uh, but i think it's, it changes the way you work like not even for difficult conversations like just sitting in a park and working and, or, you know, mm. interacting is very different to being in a building in rectangular spaces yeah. with shielded... Pods. Fr- yeah. Pods, yeah. Yeah. I think they're soul-destroying, those pods. Such a sort of, I don't know, Fordist 
you know, way of working. I imag imagine factory lines and people and yeah. it's, um, it's more it like separates people and it, it, yeah. it's meant to increase productivity, but I, I think people are Googling, actually. <laughs> it's <laughs> Facebooking, just trying to connect yeah, with someone because somebody they can't else. connect with people That's next right, door. That's right, next door, yeah. yeah. The pods are working for Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> so you've just gone down from full-time work to part-time work. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. work are you doing? Um, the paid work I'm working with um, in partnership with local government and a not-for-profit in yeah. the sharing space. So volunteer management. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And why have you gone down to part-time? Um, I think lifestyle, and it's important. To have time to you know refresh and, and do things like this yeah. um, and I find working full-time you don't you don't have time to think you don't have time to reflect you don't have time to grow personally I feel like you have to let go of a lot of your passion projects the things you enjoy in life to earn money and then I think well when did money become the end point you know that's meant to be about um, paying your rent and, and making a living but I think we've gotten lost in that and we just keep using all our time to earn this paper yeah. to buy the things we want. Yeah. I, I just find it all a bit meaningless. <laughs> so um, for me, you know, getting older, I think it's more important to have lifestyle, um, work out how much you need to cover the, the bills. Uh, my intent's never to, being, to be rich, it's to be happy and um, healthy. So yeah, I think part-time's a necessity for me yeah. yeah and a lot of people you yeah. come here look it's so busy because people are they have more time these days some people it is so busy you're yeah. right yeah, yeah. I, I don't you know that's that's a really good thought I prefer to work on a number of different projects part-time that's my me too yeah the things you way. want to yeah. yeah not for money yeah yeah and I think that's the way of the world these days. I mean, there's a bit of an entrepreneurial culture, whether it's choice or people being forced, you know, that's mm. another issue in terms of the job market um, because there's a lot of instability around freelancing and that sort of thing. Yeah. But um, I do meet a lot of people these days that are choosing to live like that. Yeah. Part-time and earn the money to pay the rent or the mortgage, but also do things that they are passionate about and, and that, you know, gives them that zest and spark yeah mm. was there so this is a pretty recent thing for you to go from full-time to part-time um yeah pretty recent i did work for local government for eight years full-time before yeah. i came to melbourne so i've worked full-time for quite a while in a career type you know traditional career um so i've done that and i felt like it didn't work for me yeah. i gave it a bit of time to yeah. Suss out the pod culture and it didn't, <laughs> didn't, yeah, it didn't sit well with me at all. And mm. I guess that was, you know, that's my question. Like, was there, was there a particular incident or a moment when you just realized that this wasn't for you or was it more of a gradual progression to, okay, I need to go to part-time? Yeah. Um, I think there's a bit of fear in it. So it's probably gradual in that you dream about and contemplate it for quite a while. But then you think, how would I survive? And how foolish of me to give up a, a job. Like I was on a, I had a very good job. Yeah. And um, you know, you're hearing all this stuff about the job market and the economy, um, and as a single mum as well, that, that'd be pretty silly 
to throw that in. So it took me a couple of years to work up the um, courage and to plan. How would I do that? Mm. How would I opt out? Yeah. And not, you know, end up living in a cardboard box yeah. on the street or... So yeah, there's a bit of fear to work through, I think. Yeah, I get and that. And letting go. Because yeah. for a while after I left, um, I wasn't working for a bit. I was thinking, I'm in deficit. It sounds silly, but I was thinking, I mean, I was still doing okay. I didn't get in a lot of debt, but I was thinking, I've just lost blah, blah amount of money because I would have made that, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's a really silly way to think. And it stops you from, um, you don't, I wasn't valuing my time as mine. I was seeing it as a loss because I didn't make the money off it. Yeah. How silly is that? It sounds absurd, but it's this psychological thing yeah. that I had to, yeah. Had to work through. Hmm. And you were talking about the planning there. Was that, like I totally get the fear side of it as well. Like yeah. I was, I quit my job about two years ago, a year and a half ago, and it took me I went through a process of going through like, you know, various stages of leave, including a leave of absence, mm. where I wasn't even getting money, but I still kind of had this yeah, security safety. time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, I had to have, I even needed two goes to actually resign to my boss, so I totally get that. Yeah, thing. yeah. What, um, yeah. in terms of the planning side of stuff, what planning did you do? Like, what did you, you know, was it a matter of working out? Yeah, what, let me leave it open. What planning did you do? Similar to you, I, um, I took uh, long service leave. Yep. So I, I, I felt I had to have a break, but still have my safety valve there. Um, so I took about, at half pay, five months off. Yeah. And then I had to suss out what, what would it be like not to work for a little while? You know, would I go stir crazy? What, what would I do? Um, and how much can I survive on as well? because I went down to half pay. Yeah. And I think I needed that space to realize how a lot of those fears were just unfounded, that, that I'd built them. And you actually don't need a lot to live and you can live really well. And I would much prefer my time and my freedom to you know the nine to five pod um, life that I was living. And also realizing that opportunities are always there. They don't, they're not scarce, you know, that scarcity mentality. Mm. They don't disappear. So it wasn't a matter of I'm going to throw that job in and then I won't get anything else and what a silly person, you know, I was. Other opportunities popped up and it was about me having faith in that and also faith in myself that I can, I'll make it work. Yeah. Really, that's, isn't it? Is that your experience or? Very similar, yeah. yeah. Like, um, the two things you mentioned there, um, the having having faith in yourself and the opportunities arising. I yep. think in my mind, there's two times I've, I guess, had a break from the, the real corporate kind of career. Mm. And both times, it's actually been incredibly enriching. One of them mm. I worked in a, a small business and the other one I took a year off. And yeah, for one, the opportunities opened up because I did that. Mm. If I had stayed in the job, my opportunities would have been less. But yeah, my mentality was very much, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm reducing my career prospects, or I'm, yeah, you know, exactly. going to myself by making this move. Yep. And yeah, and just having that belief in myself that I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to lose all my job 
job market applicable skills in yeah. six months or in yeah. 12 months, you yeah. know, like they, they were still in me. And actually in taking this time, I could understand my own skills and myself better and contribute more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And I think that's part of that personal growth that we were talking about in giving your time to reflect and grow as a person. Whereas when you're on that treadmill in terms of the nine to five, running out at lunch to do the shopping, yeah. picking up the kids, yeah. like it's just this manic space. On yeah. the weekends, you don't even have the energy to reflect. So I felt like I was on this really quick moving treadmill. I don't even know where that eight years went. It, it just sped by so quickly. Yeah. And I came out thinking, where have I gone in terms of my own personal goals? Yeah. I mean, I've got a good job. Everything looks good on the surface, but what did I want? What's the meaning of my life? These are deep questions. Yeah. <laughs> they come out in the botanical gardens. Yeah. <laughs> Not in a pod. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think I needed that space and I continue to need that space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's ask. I'll ask that question back to you. Like, what what started to come out about the things that you valued and the things that meant something to you during that period of long service leave? Um, well, that's how the project that I'm working on, the main project, my passion project, I'll call it hobby project, because sure. yeah, um, looking at how people can be empowered to offer what they love outside of the economy because I felt like um, in my job and this did give me that I guess insight my previous employment that a lot of people are sitting around feeling disempowered um, with a lot of skills and talents and knowledge but they're not using it because the economy isn't offering them the right job they're waiting for the right box in career one or you know and I think of particularly people that are excluded from the traditional market. So young people, they haven't got enough experience yet. Older people, there's a lot of ageism in terms of really experienced people sitting at home. They can't get a job. Uh, Refugees, there are a lot of people that are excluded that could be offering their skills to the community and feeling good about themselves if we found a different way to connect them. So that's my passion. That's what, I guess, um, taking the time out I was able to identify as an area I really wanted to focus on. Yeah. But without that space, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't have um, understood that. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe the work that you were doing, that helped mm. influence It did. That? Yeah. Yep, for and, sure. And what was the work you were doing, just to talk about um, that? I was working in local government. So I was running a community development unit. So we were, there were lots of different community issues, um, homelessness, you know, youth, um, youth conflict, sort of whatever was coming up politically on the day, we were sort of, we would come up with an approach or a pilot approach, um, negotiate with other levels of government and yeah, come up with responses. So community development um, based approaches. So. I was coming across a lot of isolated people and social issues and thought there has to be another way instead of relying on government funding and for-profit models to tackle these issues. So that's some interesting background there that's obviously influenced what you're doing. Is there anything else that was an influence? Um, Yeah. And then we can get probably into a bit more of what you are actually doing. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, Probably one of the biggest influences after working in community in Australia was a trip I took in 2006 to Bangladesh. Um, So I was there just under a year 
and I went there with the AusAid program, so foreign aid, and I worked with the local not-for-profit there. But what I noticed, I thought I'd go there to help, but I learned a lot in that I saw how, um, you know, because in the, in the international aid books, you know, it was about, that was the number one um, destination in terms of poverty. So international aid, you, you know, you, your skills are needed there. Yeah. So I expected to go there and see a lot of poverty, but what I saw, I did see poverty, but I also saw very strong people, very connected people, you know, out on the street in the evenings, wheeling and dealing, talking to each other, you know, really resourceful and helping with each other's solutions. And then going from there, so I've learned a lot, came back here and in my community development role with local government, saw re- lots of people isolated, but on, um, we've got a great welfare system here and I, I love it. I think it's, you know, we're very lucky to have it. But it also, I think, cuts off that communication between people and that resourcefulness and that empowering, I guess, um, the empowerment that I saw in Bangladesh in that the community had come together. Yeah. So there's pros and cons of both. Yeah. I think the welfare system's needed and important, but I guess I started thinking, how can we connect people the way people were connected in Bangladesh to help each other through problems? Because yeah. that isolation is it's detrimental to mental health. And we have a lot of mental health issues in Australia. We do. Depression and, yeah. I think, um, I think it comes back to the economy. So that's, yeah, the yeah. lead into what I'm working on. <laughs> it's the economy. Tackle stupid. the economy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big problem. And that's why people feel disempowered by it. They know there's something wrong with it. But how do you tackle that? What do you do? How do you address that, you know, as a structural yeah. issue? And by the economy, you're talking about the design or the, the system of the economy that Capitalism, we have? Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about the way we identify wealth and distribute it. So money. And the bank's role in money and, you know, there's a really good book because um, it's a complicated thing and it's not my background. I'm not a, an economist, but there's a, um, a really good book, uh, The Sacred Economy. Okay. Have you heard of that? No. Yeah. Uh, Eisenstein. Really okay. good book. I think he brings together a lot of different philosophies into a really um, a great, I guess, description of what's wrong with the economy. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And so you, you you spent some time in Bangladesh mm. and saw the the poverty there, but also the, the material poverty, I suppose. But the the social richness, yeah, and exactly. The, the resilience, yes, the, yeah. uh, the social yep. resilience. Um, you worked in local government around community development, and you were looking at a whole lot of you were you were coming across a whole lot of people that were well supported by the welfare system that were isolated probably suffering in terms of their mental health exactly yeah and then uh you also decided for yourself that uh you you could live on less and that you could um i guess work in a in a a, you know a a paid job less yeah and those those three things came together and gave birth to your passion project yes exactly yep that's pretty much the, the context. It took several years for all that to... Yeah. <laughs> I like the way you like summed it up. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. And that gave rise to Nebos, which is a... It's a sharing economy um, platform and community that we've developed. And it's, it's online. What we've done is we've crammed together um, a portal like eBay. So like a classifieds website. Yeah. 
with uh, social media so you can share and you know use Facebook to, to promote um, what you're offering yeah and we encourage or incentivize people to share their skills their time and their resources their, their belongings and they earn points for doing it and then with those points they spend them on whatever somebody else is offering yeah. so we've we're trying to identify the richness of each co local community and activate people in a, a way outside of cash. There's no money at all. Yeah, right. There's no money on yeah. this um, in this community. So it's yeah. a cashless community. And well, my first question about that is how do you allocate points to a particular resource or task or service? Sure. Yeah. They value that themselves. Right, and yep. then somebody says, okay, I'm willing to... I'm willing to, yeah. If you f So, um, for instance, you could offer, you know, babysitting for per hour. Yeah. Um, you could offer to do that for 20 points an hour, and that's sort of, um, we've put one point to one Australian dollar, is equal to one Australian dollar, to give you a guide. Yeah. And if people aren't making an offer, it means maybe you've put it up too high. Yeah. Um, but the other currency on, on in our community is your reputation. So the more feedback and the better reputation you have the more you can charge in your points so it's about what we're trying to do is get people to um, think outside the box in terms of the market economy you know we're trying to offer another market for the skills that are in the community match up the the um, the demand and the supply and get people talking to each other again you know yeah and and what I mean what's the ge geography of the community at the moment like is it is it all about facilitating person-to-person -person interaction or is it online or what yeah what is yeah it? yeah it's about um, using the internet to go and meet someone personally yeah yeah so it's about you you will know within the Nebos community that there's somebody within walking or driving distance that tells you how far they are away from you and what they've got to offer and then you can contact them through the portal and say I'll offer you this if they say yes you get the address you go and meet them so it's about, yeah, getting that um, real-world engagement happening because I'm seeing a lot of detrimental effects of, you know, online engagements, i.e. Facebook. And, yeah, yeah, it's about using the technology for, a, I think, a beneficial way in, in the real world and to have practical outcomes for you. So is it... The Nebos community, is it just a Melbourne thing or is it broader than that? Is it... It will be Australia-wide, but at the yeah. moment we're focusing on Melbourne because yeah. it, for, it's very... The part of the model is about local um, geography. Yeah. So it's about getting people, you know, realising what's around them and who is around them and walking over and connecting with that. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, part of the future of it we're, we're hoping for or planning for is that it'll... It will also be used for community projects. So if there's something that you want to get off the ground that doesn't have a market, as in no one's going to invest in it because it's not going to make money, but it's probably a great project and has community outcomes, then you can use this, this market to get people to help you with it. And I guess the other part of um, what I saw in local government is there's some awesome people doing some you know, really important work, volunteers, but they're not getting anything out of it and they tend to get burnt out. So I wanted another way outside of money to reward them and incentivize them to keep contributing to their community. Yeah. And they will get something back. They might get a box of veggies from the local community garden for the hard work, but that rewards them. Yeah. Yeah. I think we commodify volunteers and we don't reward them. We burn them out. We treat yeah. them pretty bad, yeah. I think. 
So um, that's part of the objective with NEBOS as well. I've got a strange question about the first, inter the first transaction on NEBOS, how did it work? Because no one would have had any points. Yeah. Did you allocate some points to start with yeah. or did you trade something else? Yeah, so the way it triggers, I like your, all your practical questions. <laughs> I had to go through all this too and I didn't know anything about how does an economy work? How would the point, like, do we need to tax them? You know, all this sort of yeah. um, dorky questions I had to look up on. Um, and what I did is I looked at other alternative currencies that have worked overseas to see how they did it. So there have been some really successful ones. The way we worked out um, to begin NEBOS is that you list two things on NEBOS and for listing it triggers an automatic allocation of points to you. Okay. That's yeah. how it all starts. Yeah. But um, you know, there's only ever a certain amount of points in the system. So I don't play with that. Yeah. Whereas the economy, the banks do. Yeah. And it's, you know, debt, um, the, f the finance system is based on debt in the banking system. And there's a lot of monopolies, there's a lot of people with a lot of money that are, you know, intervening in terms of the economy. It's not a free market. And that's, that's the problem. So I guess on a smaller scale, NEBOS will never replace money. I don't have a idealistic view of that, but it's to get people thinking about the economy and how we could do things different. How could we identify wealth and distribute it differently? Yeah. And how could we think about ways that would better connect us as people care for the environment and the community yeah there's got to be another way it does and i think the design of the system is a big part of that as well that's right know? and um, then we have all these big problems like climate change and you know I, I really feel for young people i worry about my son growing up with these massive problems that he will feel very disempowered to deal with yeah i think depression yeah, not, not to get depressed ourselves, but <laughs> there's some really big um, things that we need to, to manage. And I'm not even going to talk about Trump getting in. I'm just going to leave that yeah. to the side. There's probably uh, a lot of podcasts talking about that right now, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So given that it's about facilitating person-to-person -person interaction, is there certain services that uh, you don't? that aren't to be offered through NEBOS, do you know what I mean? Like, if, if something was more of a digital kind of service, would that be not something that would be on the platform? Because, you know, like, a, so the creation of a document, for example, which wouldn't... Oh, yeah. Which, um, um, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure, yeah. like online type. Yeah, online work that, that doesn't really... Require personal um, yeah. interaction. Do you yeah. have boundaries about what's... No, 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 you can, if you want to, I don't have any, the boundaries are, it can't be, you know, Illegal. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and you need to be over 18, and this terms and conditions, pretty yeah. standard stuff. But um, it's up to you what you want to offer. I don't put any caveats on that because it's about being creative and, you know, yeah. everyone has something to offer. Um, if you're going to be engaging online, that's fine. If that, that It's between the two parties. Sure. But yeah. the point of the model is to try and get that local community engagement, yeah. engagement happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that sort of stuff, if it's just a quick online document, you, there's sites like Fiverr and exactly. Freelancer yeah, 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 yeah. and there's other people in sort of specialising in that. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can't offer it, but yeah. yeah. I mean, what, how long has it been since it's been up and running? Um, it's been about a year. Yeah. Yeah. We've piloted over the last year. It's been, it's been a lot of hard work. Yeah, so yeah. Um, you and I were talking earlier about you know, people with passion projects and how hard it is um, getting the word, getting the idea out there. And, you know, I, I thought, I've learned a lot, as I'd said, but I thought I'd 
create this thing and then just put it out there and it'll just happen. But yeah. that's not that's not how it works. So I've had to learn a lot about you know creating creating a community, um, and you need you need to have events and physical engagement to activate online platforms. I've come across so many great tools online and people that are just doing nothing. There's <laughs> nobody on there yeah. because you need to be, and you need resources as well. Yeah. yeah. And you need stamina, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> and how, how big have you got the community in a year? 200. Yeah. 200 people around Melbourne. Yeah. Yep. So that's been a lot of hard work. That's been, you know, real on the ground stuff going along to um, food markets and garage sales and yeah, events, local events, um, yeah. Facebook, everything, all sorts of things. Yeah. yeah. And what are you noticing about those 200 people and their way they're interacting and using Nebos? What's is there anything that's surprising you? That's emerged? oh, it's really exciting to see what people are offering um, because I see you know I've had people come up, uh, kombucha supervisor you know, or um, yeah, right. compost advisor and yeah. they're creating their own roles, which I love because that's what it's about. I mean, you, it's about offering whatever it is you enjoy and want to share. Yeah. Um, so we've got lots of, you know, quirky things, but also um, or someone the other day offered to write a eulogy and I thought that's, that's a really thoughtful thing because that's a very personal, difficult thing to do if you've ever, you know, experienced that and had to um, write a eulogy. So... Um, I think it's just opening lots of doors that I hadn't thought of, but there's also the standard stuff, um, you know, people's traditional roles, they're offering their profession, which is great because they're useful things. Yeah. But um, in terms of people interacting, I think um, from what I've read, and again, I'm learning on the fly, a marketplace doesn't take off until you hit at least a thousand. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then they say there's like that, this networking effect from what I've read. Yeah reading what, what other people's experiences have been. So I've still got a lot of work to do. So it's a hard graph to get the first thousand and then it can get a bit easier uh, after that. I hope hopefully. so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the garage sales and <laughs> it's hard work sitting out there in the sun on a Sunday. My son's not very impressed. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's time limit to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's interesting what you're saying about people posting you know almost you know like the eulogy services for example writing a eulogy like they're, they're you know where they're skills they're such valuable skills like you say they that are. people have but yeah. where where do you access outside them? of something like this how would you ever tap exactly. into somebody's yeah. skills like that yeah. yeah yeah i mean also a friend i guess or a relative that's probably how it would happen you know you'd ask yeah. around at that time yeah like your social network yeah yeah but sometimes, I mean, we're busy and we don't, we don't want to ask. That's something I've really noticed and the work I do, um, paid work I do at the moment, people don't like asking for help. Yeah. They don't like charity and they're very, um, people uh, feel that they should have the strength, which is, you know, a bit, it's a myth, to cope themselves. So they don't really put their hand out. They sort of go without or they don't... Um, yeah, they, they go without or they're, they're waiting to, how can I do this? With money. Yeah. Sole focus. Yeah. I'll pay someone for this. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise I go without. I guess that's our, 
that's our cultural frame at the moment, isn't it? It that, is. That's how we, yeah. I guess just default to thinking about everything. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And we value things that way. Like I said to you, that was with my time when I left full-time work. I felt like I was missing something. Yeah. I'm not getting paid for my time. So what's it's like I'm being devalued. Yeah. It's this mentality that's it was drummed into me. So yeah, yeah I, something I had to work through. I think that's a really exciting thing that you're helping people tap into these, these, these skills and these things they can offer that the market probably wouldn't value. Value exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. so valuable. Yeah, they are yeah. so valuable. And I think too, um, people like like I was saying earlier about the freelancers and the, that whole movement. Not to um, glorify it because people do have unstable work. They don't have a, the traditional yeah. career that you know we might have had in previous years, and it is a struggle to make money. So it's about um, helping them as well to to offer their skills. When money's scarce, people think, "What's you know? I don't have a lot of disposable cash. I can't afford that service, so I'll go without." Yeah. But if you offer it through a platform like Nebos you're earning the points, people are more likely to say, you know, I really need that. Yeah. Because you're not hitting their pocket. Yeah. So it's just opening up, I think, on a few different realms, some useful um, opportunity in, in the economy. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of the types of people, like, what is your... I'm interested in you actually just thinking about the process that you're going through. What... What sort of growth hacks or what ways are you, you know, you say you're going to garage sales and, and those yeah. kind of things. To, yeah. Have you got some ideas about how, you know, you can tap into the type of person that you think would, would really be interested in this? Have you got some wacky ideas uh, about that? Yeah. Um, coming here, because I'm from Brisbane, I moved from Brisbane about 18 months ago, I thought certain locations and I thought your hipster the hipster movement that seems quite, you know, common here in um, in Melbourne. But it's been really interesting in that it, there's a lot of verticals. It's very diverse. The ages, the genders, the cultural backgrounds. I think it's just opportunistic people. Um, and I haven't really got a grasp yet on the, the niche. Because I guess what Nebos is doing is it's cross-sectoral. It's, it's bringing everybody together. That's the point of it. Yeah. So, you know, whether you're retired, whether you're a young person, yeah, you can't get a job yet because of the experience issue, um, you know, or you're, you're a freelancer with a bit of free time because you could, So it's, it's not one segment. <laughs> it's, it's across the board. And I think the point of it is bringing all of these resources together across the sectors, that's the value. Yeah. 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 But I, you know, it, it's, um, I guess the way I'm targeting has been a very comprehensive engagement plan in local areas. Yeah. Yeah. And working with people that already have community groups. Yeah. Yeah. Because the trust, it's much easier um, to get them on board and get them trading amongst themselves. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, the conversation I just had last week was with a lady who lives at the Commons in Brunswick. I don't know if you've oh, heard of the Commons. okay, I have, yeah. 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 And I'm wondering if, uh, just thinking yeah, about that, yeah. as well, you know, apartment blocks like that where there is a lot of yeah, communal right. activity yep. already might be interesting places as well. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you're, um, 
what you're going to this weekend, is it Common Ground? Common Ground, yeah. Yeah, is yeah. that why you're going there? Yeah, so, yeah, partially. I mean, I'm interested in all this personally anyway. Yeah. And I love meeting people with similar, um, similar wavelengths. It really motivates me and inspires me and to hear what they're doing. But I've, yeah, a lot of connections across that space. And the, the Commons... Um, I remember going along to an event there once, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I had seventy sign-ups in one. Did you really? One morning. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. a really good place to, to go to. They have a, an annual event. Yeah. Like a street party. Yeah. yeah, I went along to that. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. That's the sort of area. Yeah. That's not what I'm thinking as well. Is there like the you know when you talk about the sharing economy? I guess there's. It's been there's been different niches as well around mm. it. I get, uh, coming to my mind is things like co-working spaces. Yeah, as yeah, well. I've been working with them. Yeah, Have you? yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, car sharing is the one one that's yeah. I guess pretty well known. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. This is there's so many things going on. Yeah. Um, but like I said, yeah, that it's funny the sharing economy space because there's people in the commons realm. And that's more about the future of community and the, there's some academics and consultants involved and the, everyone's got their own sort of thing that they're, or project that they're, they're um, you know, trying to get moving. And then you've got the startup space, which is a whole other culture. So I think of things like Airbnb and Uber and people fighting to get their turf sort of in that area. So it's been an interesting, I guess, um, journey in, in meeting some of these people that, you know, want a piece of that versus want to um, help the community and it, it, there's this like dividing line. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so I've met some really interesting people with yeah different agendas and yeah, yeah. sort of had to sort be selective I guess about who I'm working with and yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's probably a good question for you too. Like, where, what, where would you like this to be? Like, what, what could it be? Is it a, uh, is it a social enterprise? Is it a? It's definitely a social enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I, 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 at the moment, I'm looking for a team to support it because something I've realised you can't, you can't push a community or get get a movement going on your own. You need a, a team, you need a supportive, everyone has different skill sets. So um, that's something that I think needs to, to happen. Um, yeah, and it's, it's in terms of it, the model, it's about contributing to community and being financially sustainable itself, but it's not a for-profit venture, so a social enterprise is yeah. where it sits, yeah. So not for profit at all, so? Um, well, it'll be set up as a B Corp. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. which is a new business model. That's, yeah, it's Yeah, fine. I think they're pretty... I, th I think that's a really interesting space, too, is looking at... it. Australia sometimes, I find, is a bit... You're either for-profit or not-for-profit. Yeah, that's right. And there's this whole middle realm, which... Um, what's her name? Janelle Orso. Orso, I think it is. Okay. Don't quote me on that. Um, that... <laughs> She did some, she's a lawyer in the sharing economy space in the States um, and she's looking at different models like B Corps and, you know, um, there's cooperative models that are looking at, you can have businesses that have outcomes for community, um, financial and environmental, 
you know, the triple bottom line businesses, not just financial, which has been the traditional business model. And I yeah. think you can't just throw away capitalism and, you know, say that either you're a cooperative or a not-for-profit or a, a business. That's not helpful. That's not a transitional approach. That, that just throws people off. Yeah. They think, well, I can't see where... We're not all going to be become um, cooperatives and, you know, live in intentional communities. <laughs> not in the next... Not in the next few years anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Nevoz is a transitional model. So, yeah. yeah, I've had a lot of time to think about these things. Yeah. I've had to learn a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Mm. Um, can, Have can, you heard much about the gift economy? Do you know much about that? No. Because that's another thing I've had to, you know, understand. There's, um, so there's, there's capitalism in the traditional market economy and then there's, um, the gift economy. The gift economy is about no cash, no points. It's sort of like a karma yeah. type. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think there's some great models that are in that space, but Nebos, I would say, is in the middle. Yeah. It's in the middle of the money and it's in the middle of the gifting. Yeah, so, gotcha. so it's a whole other space. Yeah. An interesting book that I read about this topic was called Debt the First 5,000 Years. Oh, know. yes. I haven't heard You of might that be interested one. in reading that yeah. one as well, but again. Yeah a bit of a history of money mm. over the past 5,000 years when apparently money came into being. Right. And it talks a bit about that kind of stuff, how the barter economy is a, is a total myth. Mm. Like there's, there's been no real societies that have existed on barter. Yeah. Barter's been this little thing on the periphery yeah, of yeah. some cultures. Yeah. But in, say, a village setting or a tribe setting, there's been this, um, not, like just this... It's, it's more what you're talking about there, the gift economy. Like, mm. there's no ledger. Yeah. There's no tracking of yep. anything, but there's just this understanding of mutual responsibility and yeah. contribution where, yep. you know, if I need something from you, I'll just ask for yeah. it because I know that pretty soon you're going to need something from me. Yeah. And we're not going to keep tabs, but yep. overall, it's all going to, it'll all kind of balance out yep. over the course of our lives. Yeah. And we're all here to support each other and exchange things with exactly. each other. Exactly. So, yep, that's the gift economy. Know. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. And yeah. I, I really, I think um, it's a valid, you know, model to be looking at. And I think people are looking back at the village type model and romanticizing how, you know, that would exist in modern society. And I think just the way we are at the moment, we, we don't know our neighbors. Yeah. That doesn't work, you know? I think the way we've set things up um, and the, the culture we have at the moment, our love of privacy and individualistic, you know, um, pride, we, the, we can't just go from this to the gift economy. Yeah. So I think there's some transitional models and people are working on this. There's a lot of models out there of, you know, great people um, that are looking at how do we transition from modern society to a gift village at yeah. some point. It's a long process. I like I like that description, a transitional model or a transitional process. Like mm. I that's it's, I think that's a really useful way to think about yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like you say, in the next two years, we're not all going to be in intentional communities. No, no. What can no. we do to kind of move things? And I think people, like, selling it that way turns people off. Because I, I, I will say this clearly too, I want Nebos to work for the mainstream. I didn't want it to be a something sitting over there like a hippie you know community or people that already get it i didn't want them on it yeah i wanted it to be something that was easily accessed online that gets the mainstream thinking outside the box and 
thinking about a future that's alternative to the one we have now. Yeah. Just a spark. Yeah. That's what I was after. Yeah, hmm. that's great. I got a couple of questions for you as we sure. start to wrap up. Yep. Um, the first one is about an area outside of what you're doing at the moment or or something that you'd like to be involved in disrupting one day in the future. So oh, wow. I guess you, you've, you've picked up a pretty big one in terms of disrupting <laughs> the, um, the economy. <laughs> but is there, um, do you think about, anyway, is there just something that, you know, that you, you like to daydream about from time to time about being part of disrupting? Yeah, one day. Wow. I think my life at the moment is that daydream because yeah. I feel like I've, I've gone, I mean, I haven't achieved it yet, but I'm doing what I set out to, to what I daydreamed about in the pod. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and in the process, I don't stick to just, you know, the, my, my project. So it's not just about the, the economy. I'm, I'm getting to meet lots of different people around intentional communities in the suburbs, transitional commons and all sorts of things. So I am sort of, dabbling um, pretty extensively. Yeah. I guess um, one day dream I've always had is, and I think I'm closer to achieving it, is just being free of, picky, I could pick up tomorrow and work from anywhere. I think a lot of people you know, have that. We're, gone are the days where you, you buy that five bedroom house and you, you know, 50 grand worth of stuff and you sit on top of it like a chicken and an egg. <laughs> it's, you know, you want to be free. You want to have a backpack. You want to be able to move around quickly. Um, and you want to contribute to society. Yeah. You don't want to, I didn't want to be a surfy bum or, <laughs> you know, I could have done that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it's just having a lifestyle that allows you the freedom yeah. to, no to contribute. Yeah. And keep cool. that zest. Because I see, one thing I'll say, I know we're wrapping up, in terms of my um, career in, in local government, I saw a lot of, I call it zombification. I feel like people stay too long, they, they get caught up in their responsibilities and their mortgage or whatever it is that's keeping them there, and they lose their zest and their, who they were. And they, they were honestly like drones walking around. And I feel if you're around that too long, it can wear you down. Yeah. So that's an opposite of a daydream. That's a nightmare. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't want to end on that. Yeah. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. I do. Yeah, I've seen it. And I think I've, I've been in that Yeah, I feel state like I have as too. well. Yeah. yeah. So getting out of that, you know, and I feel very free at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So that's, that's the daydream. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the last question is about yourself and just tying back to the name of this podcast what this podcast is about and about a subtle disruption that you've brought about in your own life a small change that you've made in your own life that's had a significant or a, an important impact you know who you are or what you've done or you know it might be something that you still do but yeah, yeah. a small subtle change yeah sure I think um, working out what's important to you and moving towards it. I think that's really empowering. I think questioning things around you. So, I mean, I was told I should, you know, my priority should be my son and he always is, 
and the job I had and to stay with that because I had a good job and I questioned that though. For me, that wasn't the meaning of life. Yeah. I think I felt that I had to have faith that things would work out and if I stay, work out what's authentic to me, that all the rest will fall into place. Sometimes that's scary, but I think sticking with that's, that's subtle disruption. If everybody was living that life authentic to themselves, imagine what sort of world we'd be in. Because yeah. I think some of the things go wrong in the world because people are trapped in fear and they're not being authentic to themselves. So they don't treat their fellow human kind very well. That's a very simplistic way of looking at the world, but yeah. Yeah, I really like that. And that's, that's something that I find important in my own life, trying to live that way mm. as well. And I like what you said there about moving towards it. Yeah, because it is, it is a journey. Yeah, that's right. And now ask me tomorrow, I'll tell you everything sucks. So, you know, it <laughs> <laughs> depends on my mood. <laughs> but in the botanical gardens today, Yeah, everything's a okay day. today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Jodie, thanks so much Thank for you. inviting me here and sitting down and yeah. talking about what you're doing. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Subtle Disruptors. I hope you got something out of it. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the show, including any suggestions you have for guests. You can get me on email through adam at subtledisruptors.com. And if you enjoyed listening and would like to be part of getting the word out about the Subtle Disruptors of Melbourne, a great way to do this is through jumping into iTunes and rating and reviewing this podcast. I'm Adam Murray, and I look forward to hearing about your own subtle disruption. Bye for now.